And that's why we work 18-hour days, because we think we have to do social media and, and 400 pieces of content and videos and get the website and create offers. And, and all of this really doesn't matter. I can pick up the phone and call 10 people and say, hey, do you want to get in my program? And that would be the least minimum amount of effort that I'm going to do for my program. This episode is all about unhustling. This week we're talking to Milena Regos. She is the founder of Unhustle. Unhustle is changing the way we approach life and work in that order. So it's all about doing what you need to do to get whatever you need to do done so you can reach your goals and kind of get rid of that hustle culture that we're used to these days that is kind of running us into the ground. So this is a new perspective on how we can in some ways do a little bit less to get further ahead and actually reach our goals sooner and unlock our human potential to its fullest. So it's all good stuff and I'm so excited to share this episode with you all. Milena is amazing and she has been doing so much work with Unhustle. Um, she has a background in the corporate world so she, she gets it, she knows what it's like to be a part of that hustle culture and she also knows what it's like to be a part of the unhustle culture and I think it's pretty clear which one she would prefer. A really important point that she makes is that the unhustle framework is not just you know, a recipe for self-care and relaxing and go to the spa and do whatever you need to do to unplug. This is actually a framework that will help you in your professional career, whether you're an entrepreneur or if you are in the corporate world and just feeling, you know, that hustle pressure, this framework is in place to help you. So it's not just advice to take a chill pill and work less. There is more to it and I think you'll get a lot out of it. So let's just get right into it. Please make sure to click subscribe or follow on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I encourage you to leave a thoughtful review if that is something that you would be open to to support this podcast. It really helps get the word out, lets people know that this is something legit. It would mean so, so, so much to me. All right, let's jump into it with Milena. I don't want to get too much into it, but your background, and I know that you started in the corporate world and then made that shift. So I'm curious how you talk about definition, your definition of success, and how has that changed from what your definition of success looked like when you were in the corporate world versus, not that you're not in the corporate world, but with your work with Unhustle? Sure. That's a great question. Let's just jump right into it. Yeah. So I did bounce between corporate and private uh, work for working for a private company and then I went to corporate and then I started my own company. So throughout all these years, as well as getting older throughout all these years, my definition of success has changed quite a bit. When I first worked for the private company, I didn't have a lot of money. So I was, but, I, my, but my salary was limited, right? So my definition for success back then was how do I have enough work-life balance so that I can continue to work in a startup environment and still have enough time, yet make enough money. Because when you're young and you're out of school and you have a lot of student loans, it's really hard to say, um, I'm not going to work a lot. But I wasn't working for myself. I was working for somebody else. So I was capped. My salary was capped. And But at some point in time, 
I got frustrated with this and I told my boss, I remember telling my boss, like, I either need to get a promotion, I need to become a partner, I need something more to keep me in this company or or I'm out, I'm going to go look for something else. Mm. And so we agreed that that was going to be what was and there was no um, promotions, promotional opportunities for me from that perspective. So then I decided to, to um, change jobs and go to work for a company and get paid more. And in that case, I had more work-life balance because I was mm-hmm. working for corporate world, but I was still working a lot of hours. I was still putting in a lot of hours because I wanted to prove myself and I wanted to do good work. And right. so I was still working a lot, which ended up at some point in time, 10 years into it, I said, well, if I'm gonna work so hard, why don't I just work for myself? And so then I started my own company. <laughs> and that's when I really worked worked myself into the ground because then it's like, oh, better off, work, work, work all the time, the sky's the limit. So that company wasn't on Hustle that you started? No, it wasn't on Hustle. That was my digital marketing agency. It was called Out on the Bat Marketing. Okay. And that's when I, I burned out. I was like, I was working three years into it, you know, it's when I was working 18 hour days. And to me, success was very money oriented. Um, and I, you know, my health started to, to suffer. My, I lost a lot of my friends because there's only so many times I can tell them I'm busy and call me next weekend. Right. Um, my marriage started to kind of not look so great. I mean, my husband's the best and, and he knows how, um, stressed and how much pressure I was putting on myself but there's only so many times I tell him okay you go to bed and I'll stay up and work till 2 a.m until until he's like well you're never with me you know we're like roommate yeah so then I started on hustle after I realized that what I'm doing to myself and that I didn't want my life to look that way is I started on hustle and with on hustle my definition for success is completely different. Of course, I'm a lot older now, but um, I look at each day, at the end of the day, did I do some meaningful work? Did I do something that's connecting me with my purpose that makes me feel happy? Did I have an impact in the world? And at the same time, did I take care of myself? Was it, was I kind to myself and to, to the people around me? Did I live a complete day in a way of getting outside in nature, doing the things I wanna do? learning, growing, producing, but at the same time having having a life in addition to my work. And now that I actually yeah. know that we're only productive five hours in a day and not 18 the way I used to think, it's much easier to say, okay, interview's over, like we just talked about, I'm gonna go cross-country skiing with my dog because it's the right thing to do from a uh, well-being perspective, but it's also the right thing to do from a productivity and creativity perspective, because if I'm just stuck on this computer for many more hours, I'm not gonna be that productive. So my definition for success is still very oriented around producing meaningful work, but at the same time having a meaningful life. And as you know, I split my time between Lake Tahoe and Baja. I live in two beautiful places that I love and I do the things I love to do. Um, but at the same time, producing something meaningful. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you have really designed the life that you want and you're able to live that out. That's really interesting about the five hours of productivity in a day. <laughs> that That's what it is. There's so many studies and research um, that talk about this. And as a matter of fact, I was working on my 
chapter in the book today, and I went back to my podcast interview with Andrew Barnes, who's who is leading the effort out there for a four-day work week with, globally with companies. And I was listening to that yeah. podcast with him, and I was looking at all the companies that are going to a four-day work week, and everything leads to the same results. Um, we need in the knowledge economy, which we're in, in the information age, working less makes us more productive. That's why when I go out cross-country skiing with my dog, you're still thinking about your work and my book and all of that, but you're, but you're doing it in a very different way. So you, you get better ideas, you get better creativity. When you feel rested, when you're more productive. So all of these studies in a lot of companies now, big companies are going on a four-day work week because they are seeing the results. When, when their employees are more productive, when they're well-rested, they're more productive, they're more creative, when they have more time for their hobbies, they perform better at work. But it's, it comes down mm-hmm. to getting rid of all the distractions and all the busy work, which is so hard to do because some of these things are actually so addictive for us to do. Yeah. The four-day work week is interesting because that's kind of like, is that different? That, that sounds opposite to me because it, we're productive for five hours in a day, but then the four-day work week makes longer days. Well, it doesn't make wor- longer days. They only work eight hours in a day. Oh, okay. They don't. Yeah, they only, they expect the concept is 100% of the productivity, 80% of the hours, 100% of the pay. Gotcha. Okay, I just automatically think of about four tens because that's the structure that I've heard. Yeah, that's not the idea. No, no, that's not the idea. Some companies are, are going that route, but that's not really solving the problem because right. you're still working 40. And some some people are still happy, like 70, I was looking at the Harris poll, 72% of people say, I'll work longer hours as long yeah, as yeah. I have a three-day yeah, week. that trade-off. So some of that still, it's still... Now, I don't believe in that. I, I, I personally, but I work for myself, so I'm very different. I believe more in working shorter amount of time, but working every day. Because when you put the brakes on and you have that long three-day three day weekend, it kind of, you kind of like, you slow down and then it, it takes you a while to right. ramp back up. But everybody's different. The whole idea is that it's a sprint, not a marathon work fewer hours, but be more productive in these hours. So what I try to do is I try to get into a state of flow. I try to, when I work, I try to, you know, have that really, really focused attention when I do work. But I also know that my brain can't sustain it for, you know, for 12 hours or eight hours. You know, you can sustain it for about mm, four to six. And even in then, like, you probably have to take some breaks. And you still have to take breaks. Exactly. So, you know, I went and made a cup of tea before we and I talked. I took like a 20-minute break, played with my dog, and now here we are. But I needed that break between writing my book and then talking with you, right? Um, and so many of us are just used to go, 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 go. Yeah. And when you say, I'm going to take a break, then what do you do? You go on Instagram or you check your Facebook or you check your emails. Well, that's not really a break. Yeah. I think it's hard to do that now yeah. because everyone's at home. And so, like, it's harder to define what those productive breaks are. And that's something I wanted to ask you about because I went through the seven superpowers of unhustlers that you have and you talk about deep play. And so it sounds like like cross-country skiing would be a good example of that. But scrolling on your phone would not be a good example of that. Exactly. Yeah. So when you talk about deep play, I mean, I try to use play in a way of um, getting again into a state of flow. So because flow pushes flow. And um, so you want something that's challenging, but not too challenging. 
uh, you want something where you can like really engage into the activity. So yeah, sitting on the couch, eating chips, watching TV is resting, but it's, it's kind of passive rest. It's not really active rest. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot more um, serotonin, oxytocin, all these hormones, happy hormones from doing something that we're fully engaged that would actually completely uh, put you in a state of flow, which is why I, I, when I learned, when I tried to learn how to kiteboard is when I realized that I was living my life the wrong way and I need to, you know, I need to introduce more flow when I work and when I live. And we're all in flow, but, um, but it's sometimes it's hard to tap into that state and maintain it, which yeah. is when you see musicians or performers get into that state where everything slows down, time becomes irrelevant, it either speeds up or it slows down, which is when like when you're on vacation, let's say, time goes by really fast, right? Yeah. You're like, whoa, and, but you get all, so much done in a day and you're like, oh, the day went by really fast, but we got so much done in. It's kind of the same concept. Yeah. We'd work, but we can't, we just, we just need to train our brains. It's like training, it's like a high performance athletes, right. you know, they train to be in that state of flow. It's the same thing. If you can apply the same concept to work, then you can really narrow down the amount of time you work. But, um, so yeah, it's it a comes. practice for sure. It is a practice. So I'm curious what that looked like for you when you were starting on Hustle because, I mean, I would assume it wasn't like you flipped a switch and you were able to have all this balance. So you're still like starting a business because Unhustle is a business for you. So when like that to me is synonymous with like new business, Hustle. You got to work to get it done and you got to like <laughs> grind it out. So what did that look like for you when you were starting to build on Hustle? Uh, it's such a great question and it's not easier though, right? Because yeah. for one, as an entrepreneur, we already know that entrepreneurs are a crazy bunch um, by yeah. definition and by studies, right? We know that we, we just, you got to be crazy to, to see it, to look at the world and say, well, wait, there's a problem. I'm going to try to fix it. Right. Things could be a lot easier if you just went to work somewhere from nine to five. I, I'm not that right. person and you're not that person and a lot of other people are yeah. not. That's why we're entrepreneurs. We're the crazy bunch. So knowing that um, and I've done so much training into mindfulness. Um, I did training into biohacking. I train every day. Um, and when I say train, you know, I have like a morning rituals that, that prime my, my mind and body to, um, to be able to focus. But then there is that little voice, right? The little ego saying, oh, no, you should do this and you should do this and you have to do this. And, and it's yeah. so frustrating. And trust me, I'm, some days <laughs> I'm like, wow, I mean, I could do so much more and get this business going so much faster. But that also means I'm, I'm attaching to an outcome. And I'm, you know, I, and I have to remind myself that I'm on the journey and the journey is actually the process. And yeah. and so I have to pull myself back and say, everything is happening the way it's happening. And what are some of those morning rituals that help you prime your day? Oh, so I call it the Unhustle Morning. I actually have a program on my website that, that it, <laughs> encompasses them all, but basically, um, I had to come up with a synonym or a, an acronym for them to remember them. So I came up with the Sunrise Method uh, because I created it in Baja. And I did a lot of research and um, studying into what are some of these rituals that prime your mind and body. So real quickly, Sunrise stands for the S 
in sunrise stands for making sure you get enough sleep. So your morning actually starts the night before. So getting getting enough sleep, but also getting sunlight in the morning on your face, which actually helps your hormones sync your circadian rhythms. Because I, I my sleep was really bad when I was working in my digital marketing agency because I was spending so many hours in front of a, of a screen. So S is for sleep and sunrise helps with that. U is for unplugged, starting your day unplugged and not reacting to what other people. Oh, it's so hard. I'm so guilty of that. I so I just, my brain goes there immediately. It's something I'm really trying to focus on. So hard, on. but I've, I've trained, I've trained pretty hard to where now, like I don't look at my phone and if I look at it, it's to like do a guided meditation um, and I, I don't go into my emails. I deleted all my social media apps from my phone. I have no notifications on my phone, which makes things a little easier. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you is for unplugged. Super critical because the minute you check everything else, your mind starts to go in a hundred different directions than what I wanted to work on. So that's one. Uh, N stands for nature, like going outside, getting a little bit of what I, I practice, like savoring, gratitude outside in nature, like a mindfulness practice of sorts to just connect with um, the world and us kind of connect with myself. And I do all this at the same time, right? Like getting your sunlight while you're in nature and habit stacking. Yeah, you can combine them. It's not like a 12-step program. <laughs> yeah, no. And then R stands for reading and writing. Um, I, as little as that is, like five minutes of, I like to read something inspirational, like a really good writer that primes your brain to be in more creative state um, or re or. Um, uh, writing like journaling is a really good practice that's scientifically proven to help you with mental well-being, um, put you in a in a more positive mood. There's so many benefits from journaling. So then, um, then we have I stands for intention. So normally I like to get my goals for the day the day before, so I don't spend any cognitive effort in trying to figure out what I'm gonna mm -hmm. work on. But I kind of review my goals. I try to come up with three to five things that I'm gonna work on that day. And I write them down on a piece of paper so I can mentally or physically check them off. You get a little dopamine hit from there. It's kind of like checking Instagram account. And yeah. then um, where are we? Uh, so I is for intention, sunrise. S is for stillness. So that's your, that's your mindfulness meditation time. Um, and I try to do 20 minutes every morning, every evening. And sometimes I meditate before I actually get to work. So uh, even if it's just like two minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. What's your favorite way to meditate? Do you use an app or do you just sit in silence or what's your favorite way? I do all three. So I use Insight Timer and I use uh, yeah. an app called Flow Lab, uh, which is like a, like a flow training um, app, which does cost cool. money. I use Inside Timer. Uh, I'm training mindfulness-based, uh, mindfulness-based stress uh, reduction. So mindfulness meditation. Yeah. And sometimes I like guided. Sometimes I like not guided. It just depends. And the last one E is for energy. And so that's your um, a little bit of movement. You know, I normally do my bigger workout in the afternoon, but in the morning I like to do just like a little bit of stretching, a little bit of movement. You know, yoga, qigong, a um, hundred squats while you're waiting for your coffee or tea, whatever. Your tea and coffee are in that category. If you're doing cold showers, they're in that category. You know, bulletproof coffees, yeah. everything that gives you energy, but focused energy. So if you're into shakes, smoothies, juices, celery juice I did this morning, whatever kind of gives you a little bit of energy before you start working. So that's the Anahaso morning rituals. 
which you can mix and match. How long does it take for you to do that? Well, that is a really good question. So some mornings I would take 10 minutes and some mornings I would take two hours. It all depends on my energy. And I think that's the, yeah. the key part of this. And since I work from home and I work for myself, I have the freedom and the flexibility and I don't have any kids at home. Well, completely different if you have kids at home. But I work with my energy, with, with the way I feel. Mm -hmm. And until I'm, I'm like fully online, fully awake, alive, I don't get to work because I know I'm not going to be productive. So again, some mornings I wake up and I'm in totally like this still brainwaves where I'm totally creative. I sit down and write right away and then I get to the rituals later. Some mornings I... Um, run through all of them and I'm still not ready. I'm like, I'm just going to go for a walk. So it kind of depends. That's why I call them rituals. It's not a routine because it's, it, to me, it comes down to working with how you feel and your energy and you're going to feel different ways, different days. Like some mornings I want to have a, a, a hardcore workout in the morning, do like a heat workout or, you know, kettlebell workout or something. Um, and then some mornings I'm like, I feel like I just want to sit on the couch and meditate and, um, do my workout in the afternoon, right? So it just depends. Yeah, they're in place to serve you, not for you to just check it off, even though like yeah. that can feel good. But if that's not what you're feeling, yeah, I then... think the I think the key there is to take what I tell people is take 30 minutes in the morning for yourself. Like just, you know, mix and match, come up with your own rituals, but take 30 minutes in the morning for yourself to kind of mainly be with your own thoughts and and be and, and dedicate that time for you because, um, because then the day goes on and sometimes the day is gone and you still haven't done anything for yourself. We put ourselves last, which is what mm -hmm. I used to do. And uh, it's not a good a way to um, go through your days because then then you feel horrible. You're like, I didn't do anything for myself. You're not 100%. And how are you supposed to show up for other people if you're not 100%? It just makes you question life. <laughs> you're like, what did I do today if I didn't do anything that... Well, and even if like, I have more patience if I have a day that's like that. But if it's day after day that I'm feeling like I'm not living for myself and I don't feel aligned and like, I still have a full-time job, so I can't just like quit that even though I would like to. <laughs> that would make me feel more aligned. I can't do that right now. So if I, I have to like counterbalance that somehow in order for me to you know, feel like I'm actually living for myself and not for a company. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of, that's a bit of a limiting belief that you can't quit right now because there's, uh, I can question that because, um, because with the pandemic, you can work from home. And there could be a lot of other companies that you can go work for. So if that company doesn't align with who you are, then you could make a shift, right? Or you can start a business. And sometimes we get stuck in that in that thinking that that's it. I have a job. Yeah. It pays the bills. I'm stuck. I'll, and and to me that's a that's a limiting belief uh, because we have choices, and especially with the pandemic, a lot more choices open up, um, and a lot of you know, there's a war for talent. So highly skilled employees are mm -hmm. scarce to find. So companies are competing for talent. Bottom line is you have options. Like if you're, if you're not completely satisfied with the company you work for, if, you, if their values are not aligned with your values, if there's something else that, that you feel more uh, drawn to. Like yes, I totally agree that we have choices in shifting to, to find 
what will get you to your end goal because it can be better you know I did think for for months on end like oh I can't quit this job I can't quit this job or I'm not quitting until I can go off on my own and then I I was just like why (laughs) why can't I have another job that might be better for me right now until I'm able to get to that point yeah it's really tough look I'm not discrediting it at all because you need to pay the bills um and so at the end of the day though you will realize that unless your job is aligned with your values, the ones that are in your heart, then yeah, then you're not really living fully in alignment, and you would always this you would always have something mm-hmm. that's clashing. So, for example, when I worked uh, as a, in an advertising agency back in Bulgaria, some of my clients were like Johnny Walker and Marlboro and Pepsi, and my values are for healthy living and wellness. <laughs> <laughs> And I was passing out cigarettes to people, not exactly in alignment. So, um, of course, that didn't work out. And then um, when I started my agency, of course, I wanted to work with wellness brands. And that's how I went into the wellness industry, because I was thinking if I'm going to inspire people or or create ads on Facebook or Instagram to people, I might as well be for wellness than to be for, you know, crappy food or whatever so again it, it, you, the values of the company you work for if they're in alignment with your own values that's a better option if you want to start a business and that's how you feel that you that's what you really want to do then you'll figure out how it's gonna make money yep and those things take time so having those yeah the other practices in place or having those mornings and having some of the other framework in on hustle can help you get there because starting a business, I mean, you know, that is very counterintuitive to the culture of entrepreneurs to like not work. Or I've heard quotes that say like every second that you're not working or thinking about your business is a second that someone else is trying to do the same thing and getting ahead of you. And I'm like, no, but then I'm sorry, because these are the exact quotes and the exact things I'm fighting against. If you create a business which is um, niche down and it's different, then you don't have to compete with everybody else. And you create that business by being authentically you and by believing in your values. Yeah. And then no one else can compete with that. I don't care how many seconds in the day they think about creating the same thing. Their message is going to be a different message, which is why I created on Hustle to tell entrepreneurs that working 80, 100 hour days do not guarantee success. If it did, then everybody who's working 100 hour weeks would be super successful. That's not the case. Yeah, they'd be successful. They wouldn't be burnt out. Like it's not working. It's not working. It's not true. So there's got to be a different way. And this is why I created Unhustle. Now, with Unhustle, I could have gotten Unhustle to make a million dollars probably in the first three years, three months of Unhustle. That's not the point of unhustle. I'm on the unhustle journey. And, you know, it's really interesting because I had to let go because at some point in time, I was very, very focused on like, wow, I need to make money. And it took me away from my purpose because my purpose is really to change people's lives, start a movement. And when I got aligned back with my purpose of I'm here to help people, things really started to happen. So there was a woman who is connected to me and all of a sudden she brings uh, World and Hustle. I came up with World and Hustle there. I was like, okay, what do people need? People need at least a day to on the hustle and, and 
take a little bit of time to reconnect with themselves. Now, also when I say on hustle, that's not just resting, relaxing and playing. You do all of these things so you can perform at a higher level. So you can create the business that you want to create and work less while you're doing it. Yeah, it is a business framework. It's not like a relaxation format. Is that exactly. right? Yeah, that? exactly. So what happened is I had to let go. I had to surrender and say, you know, I'm not just going to focus on that money outcome that are, that my ego keeps telling me to focus on. I'm just going to let go and, and be just more connected with my purpose and do what the hustle is supposed to do, which is to help people. And then all of a sudden things are completely changing. Like I, uh, I got invited to speak at the world trade uh, forum uh, in January on the future of work and Gen Z and mental health. And my phone hasn't stopped ringing since then, but it took somebody from my community started reaching out to me saying, how can we help with this? So it wasn't just me pushing every day. It's there's a letting go component of all of this, which of course, mindfulness and meditation tells you, tells us to do, but we're so outcome oriented in our society. So I'm just on the journey as everybody else and it's practicing every day. And you couldn't have predicted that someone else in your community would have reached out to like facilitate or help with that opportunity. Like you can't plan for that. So I think that there's an element of like momentum and also just things will unfold as you continue to grow and make connections and talk to different people and like you can't plan for what those connections are going to be and what that like break is going to be for you. Exactly. These are definitely a part of trusting and part of surrendering. And I have opportunities right now that, again, I don't follow up with all of them because my time, my well-being, my family, my time with my dog are just as important. But it's a really yeah. hard perspective shift, right? Because it's real easy for entrepreneurs to say, I have so-and-so reaching out to me and they want to you know, work with me or they want coaching or they want whatever. And sometimes there's only so many hours in a day. So every day I have to focus on what's the most important thing for me to do. And right now for me, it's the book. And when the book is written and it's out there, I'm starting a seven, actually, I'm starting a seven week program um, following the Unhustle framework, but just because I can't just work on the book, I need to connect with my people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How has that been to to focus on a book that's it's coming out this year, right? Yeah, it better come out this year. I've been working on it. <laughs> so you have a deadline, and it's something that you know it's a it's a big project that you have to work on. So how do your boundaries look like? Do you think that the unhustle message and framework comes easy to you now that you've been practicing, or do you still have to really check yourself when you're working on something like this? The unhustle framework is extremely valid when I'm working on something like this. And see, I actually don't have a deadline, but I, what I want to see is making progress. Right. And so I have a clear goal of writing between 750 and 1,000 words every day. Now, if I do that every day, in about 30 days, the book should be written, right? <laughs> in theory. Um, now, I've already written 120,000 words. Uh, so what I'm trying to do is there's a, a really good yeah. uh, part of the Unhustle framework, which is to simplify. So I'm actually trying to go in there and cut out everything that's unnecessary so that I don't put my readers through 120 words. I want to put them through a simple, succinct, something that would help them 
either implement a change or change their mindset or give them a habit that would change their life, something like that. And that doesn't need to be in 120,000 words. <laughs> it needs to be short and simple. And so I'm actually working on short and simple. When I do catch myself yeah. getting um, distracted is when I say, oh, I should uh, change this on my website. Your mind starts playing tricks, right? Because it's it's writing a book has been the most challenging thing for me to do. Um, I have no idea why. Because I think you need to get really clear in your thinking and you have to put it on paper and you have to tell an engaging story um, and so it's been challenging and your mind always and this is what happens to us when we work instead of focusing on the most important thing we say oh but i really need to check emails and i really need to get back to sarah and i really you know i need to do this and i need to do this and then before you know it half the day is gone and your brain power has gone down and then you don't have the willpower to write so Writing first thing in the morning has become rule for me, and I just have to put everything else on the back burner. I have this note here that says, do the thing, do the thing, <laughs> do the thing. <laughs> it's a screensaver on my phone. I created this screensaver, so I'm like, let it be easy, do the thing. <laughs> and so it's a constant reminder to refocus and keep working in that space. And that's, I think, the most difficult thing for us to do. We know what's the most important thing, but we don't do it because of fear, because of uncertainty, because of the story in your head, because of all these things. Other voices that say something else is important. Yeah, because it's easy. It's like, no, no, no. You, you get more dopamine hit if you check your email or if you post on Instagram, then you are going to get it from working on the book. I mean, there's a lot of neuroscience that I'm getting into with all of this because I'm like, I want to know how my brain works. And so from a neuroscience perspective, all of this makes perfect sense. It's like, we're going to get distracted with other things. And it's a constant reminder to get back on the one thing that's really going to move your business forward. In my case, I believe the book's really going to have the most impact and move my business forward the most. And so it's, but it's the same with every business. We get so, and that's why we work 18 hour days because we think we have to do social media and, and 400 pieces of content and videos and get the website and create offers. And, and all of this really doesn't matter. I can pick up the phone and call 10 people and say, hey, do you want to gain my program? And that would be the least minimum amount of effort that I'm going to do for my program. So we, we, we're told that we need to, do all these things, but when you actually look at the end, how many of them actually produce any results, you'll see that it's very minimal, right? So so the 80-20% rule, focus on the 20% and forget about the 80%. It's just some days it's mm. easier than said than done. It's like a quick win if you can post on social media or do something else that gives you that dopamine hit and it feels like a quick win because writing a book is a perfect example of something that's so behind the scenes like that is no one's really going to see what you're creating and it's taking you so much time to create no one's going to see it until you're done so like it would be easier to just get on social media or like do something else that's more in front of people maybe so hard but that's why we're stuck in working all yeah. these hours because we don't focus on what really matters what and what moves the business because sometimes it's that quick dopamine hit we're after and and then we just get busy with busy work and we're not really productive. So we touched on deep play, but can you walk us through just quickly the seven super, ha super, 
the seven superpowers of unhustlers. Ooh, you're putting me on the spot. I wrote that ebook a while back. Um, I know one of them. I really liked it. I just went through it. I went through it like a few times. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you can tell me all of them. So let's see if I, which ones I remember because I actually changed them there um, halfway through the process. Um, I know a lot, a one of them is slowing down. So taking time to, because we constantly go, 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 taking time to slow down and actually get clear on your priorities so you can. And I did that interview with Carl Honoray, who's the considered the, the voice for the slow movement. Uh, and how he changed his life and how he's written four books since then and and how slow is actually better than fast. So just introducing a little bit of slowness, really hard to do, especially when I was young, including my workouts. You know, I would think that getting up at six o'clock in the morning and having like a one hour crushing it workout would make me feel good. And it does for a little bit, but it actually end up, ends up being more exhausting, right? So maybe you don't need that every day. Especially if your adrenal glands are already exhausted from stress, you definitely don't need that. So I had yeah. to train myself into doing more yoga and qigong. And I'm a you know type A person, so qigong. It's like oh, kill me now! How slow can you move? Yeah, <laughs> but it's exactly what our nervous system needs. So I've been into qigong, and it's 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 amazing. It's amazing, but we don't do it. You know, we, our Western culture is completely different. So slowing down is a big is a big superpower in our fast world. Unplugging from technology, obviously, with with Jess Davis and, and her, you know, how mm-hmm. she started Folk Rebellion and how she burned out from promoting a digital well-being movement and had to disconnect from the internet so she can get, gain her creativity back. Um, working in a state of flow is a big one with Kakaroy, who is a, a big brander from London, and she quit her job so she can start her business. And then again, you know, working for herself, she figured out how to build this amazing seven-figure business by working six hours a day, four days a week, taking naps. Um, which who else is in there? Rest and play with Alex Pang. Yeah, um, he's from Strategy Rest, and basically how we can look at rest and play as being complement to our work ethic as opposed to subtracting from our work ethic. Um, who else is in there? The four, hour, the four hour work day is in there, I believe, with Andrew Barnes, more for teams and organizations who want to consider uh, working less uh, and having a little bit more time for increased well-being and, and mental well-being and work-life balance and time with their families. Um, all companies are going, a lot of companies are going that direction in um, Unilever, Buffer, who else? Gap implemented it. Microsoft tried it in Japan. So companies are trying it out and they're seeing huge differences to the point that now whole countries are are considering the concept, like India and Spain. So that's huge. Who else is in there? Uh, You have Uncomplicate. Simplify. You know, my whole journey with Unhustle started in my closet and it's simple as it sounds but I had to go to my closet and yeah. I had to pull everything out and I actually worked with an image consultant and she she helped me and I was thinking I'm going to buy more clothes and I turned out that I just got rid of a lot of clothes which actually helps you have less second guessing yourself in the morning because how many clothes do you need and you still say I have yeah. nothing to wear um, and so my whole our whole lifestyle redesign started by simplifying and that then it took over the house and then it took over our life and then we lived in an airstream for like four months out of the year in Baja and then I realized how little you really need and now if you take that whole concept and you apply it to work which is what I'm doing right now 
how what's the absolute minimum that you need to get done and still have the results that you want to get. So it's that same concept with, uh, with Simplify. What else is in there? Yeah, I like that one because you don't think about like how thinking about your clothes kind of has an effect on your brain when you have to come back to your business and you're making, yeah, just like cluttered mind and getting your space cleared up can help. Yeah. What did we touch on? We have Unthink. Did you touch on that one? Unthink is a big one when it comes to hustle. That's kind of what you and I talked about earlier about getting out of your mind and getting more into your heart. Um, I'm not quite sure the example I use in Unthink, but, um, you know, there's a, a heart-brain coherence as well. So when you, st- when you start getting more into your heart, um, you can balance your brain and that there's a huge connection between the heart and the brain, but there's also a connection with gut instinct, so trusting your intuition more. So that's a little bit more, some people would call it more spiritual, but getting out of your head and more into your body for day-to-day being present is bottom line, what it comes down to is being more present, but it's also gonna help you with being able to deal with fear, with being able to deal with stress, with becoming more more resilient, with being able to deal with uncertainty and with kind of taking action. So I spoke with, uh, I speak with high performance um, athletes. So I have a couple of them like Kristen Omer. She was a 12 year considered best female skier in Northern America. So she skis like big mountains. Um, she's now um, teaching people, you know, how to deal with fear and anxiety. So it's that whole concept of getting present, getting in your body and getting out of your head, out of the stories, out of everything you're telling yourself. Yeah. And I think the last one that we haven't touched on that goes along with that is unlearn. Unlearn. So I'm writing the chapter of unlearn right now. And it's a perspective shift, right, of how we work and why our current uh, work model is broken. So we're going off of an 18th century, 19th century work model, which was invented by Henry Ford, so he can have three shifts in a factory, and this is where the 40-hour work week started from, which was clearly in the industrial age. And we're no longer going to factories. We're no longer wearing gray suits, going to factories and working, you know, eight-hour days. So... Now we need to shift our perspectives about how to work more efficient, how to be more effective. And I think um, Andrew Barnes is a good example there with the four-hour work week. Um, Stefan Aristo, he implemented a five-hour work week in his company with with, uh, tower paddle boards. So there's a lot of different people trying to do things differently. Obviously, we know about Tim Ferriss' four-hour work week. I don't think it's realistic. I I tried to implement it, it didn't work for me, but I think a, f- a four to six hour workday um, could be a lot more realistic for people. It's just so yeah. hard to get out of that mindset of more is better. Yeah, I mean, but even reflecting on my own work days when we're, you know, I'm expected to work eight hours a day, uh, nine hours with like a, a lunch break built in. There are definitely hours in the day that I'm just like, <laughs> clicking around on windows and not really getting anything done exactly exactly yeah. so i um and meetings are big ones uh, meetings are big ones for companies right so i don't know if you if you get stuck in a lot of meetings i used to get stuck in like meetings all the time when i was working for yep. the ski resort i finally said to my boss i'm sorry but how many of these meetings do i actually have to be in how many can i be excused of so i can actually get my work done so we agreed on, on some compromise, and that was the year when the ski resort hit the most revenue, and we won a marketing award, and everything went great because I wasn't stuck in meetings anymore. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've heard of like my boss and other people that say like they, they work after hours because they're in meetings all day and they have no time to actually get the tasks that they need to get done. So that makes total sense. Yeah. Meetings are a hard one for companies. So, um, so there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of practical examples that I give in this ebook, uh, in the ebook with regards yeah. to what people and companies can do. So that's a free download on the website at unhustle.com. A lot of these um, are actually conversations that I've had on my podcast. So people can, if there's something that is of interest to them, they can go to the specific podcast and listen to it. Um, but that was why I created the ebook so that um, give people some examples of like, here's the Unhustle framework. Here are some people that are actually doing it. Yeah, I loved it. I loved going through it, and I think it is really valuable, so I'd recommend it also. Thank you so much. What is something that you do that makes you feel like your best Great self? Question. Being present, trying to get present every moment. Mm-hmm. I do it by, um, you know, when I did my mindfulness training, I did an eight-week mindfulness training, um, I got really connected with my breath. So when I'm connected with my breath, I know I'm present and then I know that I'm showing up my best self. Awesome. What do you do to find inspiration when you're feeling uninspired? I go outside in nature and (laughs) hang out with my dog, which I'm going to do right after. Not that I'm not uninspired right now, but it's my (laughs) it's my church. I go outside. It's it's, you know, that's where I found oh and creativity and inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What piece of advice would you give if we all followed, we'd all be better off? Take time to unhustle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I figured that that would come out at some point. But yes, 100%. Uh, and again, unhustle is not uh, just unplug. And it's not just take time to sleep and take yeah. care of yourself, right? It's just a different way of living. It's a different way of thinking, of being, of working. And I think we just... Um, if we are to live our best lives and if we are to like use our human potential to the best level possible. You need to remain human if you're going to reach human potential. Yeah, and because machines can do a lot, but machines don't have the creativity, the innovation that humans have and that what Mm -hmm. moves humanity forward. So we need to let machines do what machines do and we need to remain human. Awesome. Well, you mentioned your website. Where can everyone find you and get involved with what you're doing with Unhustle? Yeah, so the website is unhustle.com and they can find me from there. All the social media handles are as well under Unhustle. And uh, they can email me at uh, milena at unhustle.com. That is it for this week's episode. I highly encourage you to check out Melina's work with Unhustle. And if you're someone who identifies as the hustler, maybe it is time to reevaluate or reflect on what your work habits are and how you can kind of optimize them in different ways that'll help you feel better as human and perform better in your professional life. This conversation has definitely given me a lot to think about and, you know, some habits that I want to change. So I'm curious what yours are as well. Come find me on Instagram at the Tea Please podcast and, you know, slide into those DMs, leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, you know, do whatever you need to do. Please connect with me in some way or another. I uh, really appreciate it and I will catch you in the next episode.